0: Give a Fook.
1: Clouds. Apples.
0: Biscuits. Religion.
1: Fook. Fook. Fook.
0: Desk. Migration. Films of the 1930s. Spending your money. Shoes.
1: Scented candles. Welcome to this episode of
0: Two Fooks. Two Fooks.
1: Where we discuss what to give a Fook. About in your busy lives Giving it a full score from 1 to 10
0: Indeed, that's what we'll be doing It's what we've done and it's what we're going to keep doing For sure
1: I'm Marius and right next to me
0: is... Al, sitting here, happy to be here, excited So,
1: how the heck are you?
0: I'm good, I'm fired up It was crazy to have our first episode out It's exciting to be adding to that with a new one um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm positive. I, I think we have to be positive. You're, to- posi- you're
1: a positive dude, right?
0: It's said that I'm positive. Yeah, and people say that I'm positive. In a um, positive way,
1: or yeah, that's- uh,
0: sometimes bordering on manic positive. Yeah, and I think that possibly edges into maybe the reality of it yeah. is that this comes from a couple of notes I made the other day is if I'm honest between you and me and everybody listening to the podcast often that positivity comes out of the opposite Um, often I kind of actually feel that there's areas of doubt uh, about whether I can manage to do something or I'm worried about something or I'm, uh, uh, I'm getting a bit freaked out by a situation and what I will do with that is to kind of work very hard to put a level, balanced, and positive perspective on it. And that enables me to help the people around me and help myself through. And uh, I think that's what we need as people. Um, people being positive. Yeah. Um, not unrealistically positive, but, no, but uh, positive in spite of dot, dot, dot.
1: Too much positivity can be annoying. Yeah,
0: but also, like, people have a hard time for a whole bunch of reasons every day, sometimes more explicit than others. And uh, if you're not, like, on the curve of being slightly upbeat and a bit positive and that person's having a super bad day, then what's the outcome? that person's having a really hard day and you come in, they come in and you meet them and you're like, yeah, alright. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not feeling great either. That's not going to necessarily... That could tailspin. Yeah. It might give them the opportunity to help. So if you kind of meet halfway on a general kind of... We okay? You good? going to do something for you. Can Can I make you a cup of tea? You want to sit down? Um... So I'm I'm a positive guy. Yeah. Um but it's not without consideration. Yeah. Uh I'm not baselessly positive. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a Yahoo.
1: Annoying positive yeah. guy, yeah. yeah.
0: That can rub up the wrong way too. True. Like a bear on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Creaking chair. Yeah, that's we apologize for these chairs when we get super sponsors of wonderful ergonomic and silent chairs we will replace these lickety split in a heartbeat and give the chairs to a good home yeah we will we will donate them yeah we will donate. Maybe Let's donate me? these chairs when we can update them with something less creaky uh, yep. and ergonomic. Creepy or creaky? Creepy. Both? That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> two black office I ha- chairs. I
1: have two creepy black office chairs in my office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Three to anyone who collects them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Regale us, Marius, with uh, your burning issue to give a folk about...
1: I've had something on my mind Mm. lately that I want to address, Mm. that I give a fook about. Mm. You don't want to know what it is?
0: I really do. I just wanted to give you that time and space to get it out there. Thank you. It's cars. 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 I like them. You like them? Yeah. Mm. Didn't know whether this was going to be positive or negative with cars.
1: I like them and I hate them.
0: Oh, so this is a even keel. This is open for debate.
1: Even Steven. Even Steven. I like the fact that it makes a lot of things easier, mm-hmm. but it also comes with a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of the car. You need to clean it. You need to cost you money to fix it. And yeah, it's...
0: I'm 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 hearing you. Um you have a car? I have a car. Just the one? Just the one. Mm-hmm.
1: I use it for private usage and I use it at work. Yeah. I'm I'm really depending on my car for work. Mm. Um Could you
0: do your work without a car?
1: I could, but it would be not efficient. Okay. Because I clean windows, Mm. and I could use a bike, but it would be too much distance Mm. from places to go. Mm. So, or I could take the bus, Mm. but then I would need like bring the bucket on the bus and like the hot water on the bus. Yeah, I don't use so much much hot water, but yeah, squeegees and extension poles, and and then I would walk around. No, it's just too much. No, no so for that mm. it's very useful
0: mm. is it a regular uh, I mean I say a regular is it what we'll soon one day call an old fashioned car with uh, a petrol engine it's actually um
1: biogas mm. car okay uh it runs out of gasoline yeah. when it's when, when I start the engine mm. it's it's the um fuel mm. or the um the gasoline mm and then when it's warm enough it switch over to the gas.
0: Interesting. And biogas is is that a that's a product of oil? Food. Food.
1: They do the hmm. uh, compost thingies from the um or they use food waste mm-hmm. and turn it into gas. Hmm. So I'm literal. That's sustainable. That's it is that we like. Yeah. So that's a positive thing.
0: It's very positive.
1: Yeah. So it's when I'm driving on purely gas, mm. I don't have any um,
0: You're feeling your your conscience is clean.
1: My conscience is clean.
0: You're you're just toodling around, cleaning windows, feeling sustainable. Yeah. Do you wanna know what for me the car thing symbolises? Yeah. As a as a parent of two small ones I have one that's six and one that's three and when you go into that part of life I mean obviously not in uh, in the middle ages it wouldn't be like oh we've got kids we have to buy a big wagon it, like it, you don't have to cart a lot of stuff around with you but the amount of items and things tends to increase and a car is a necessary evil to a degree. Yeah. Um, and the kids' seats, they have to be safe. They take up quite a bit of room and maybe a push chair or a wagon. These are all things that you're kind of carting around with you all the time. So, since the kids have kind of got beyond wagon age, it's been really good for me and my wife. We now cycle a lot more. And now the kids, uh, we either put them in a cycle wagon on the back of the bike or they cycle to kindergarten as well. And now I'm in this new phase where I hardly ever use the car, yeah uh if I have to move some paintings or um uh, we've gotta pick them up or take them somewhere specific uh or get some i don't know some building materials if I wanna build a shack in the woods, I gotta get the wood out there. well, there's wood in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't need to buy wood and take it to the woods. I might need to buy something else to take to the To wood. chop down the wood with I could uh, to chop down the wood with my axe or my chainsaw or my whatever I need. Yeah. But now I'm very conscious as a cyclist and as a father is seeing or as a parent as uh, seeing cars as extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um and when you're walking or cycling, the the proliferation of cars and the willy nilliness with which they are driven—if you stop and think about it—they're death is machines, horrifying, uh, both for those in them and those around them. Yeah. So I'm 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 uh, I get very I can't think about it too much. Because it's one of those, like, you wouldn't leave the front door. But I, I'm really neurotic. I, I don't want to kind of make my kids freak out, like, it. At, at cars or anything. And kids don't really listen to half the stuff you say anyway. True. But, like, when they're outside the front door, even outside our house and we're in a cul de sac, I'm like, do not cycle out past that line. Yeah. Because if a car comes and I'm, I'm getting a backpack or something. I I literally cannot get to you. And this is something that I can maybe put a lighter tone on it because it's a bit bleak there but it's the electric car thing which has added a tricky dynamic to that because, because you can't hear, hear the car coming. So I can't say 30 seconds before there's oh, a car guys, coming there's a car coming watch out and they don't get the chance to hear it. Yeah. It whips round the corner.
1: Like a UFO. Same Ooh.
0: weight. Maybe it's the same weight. Someone can correct me if yeah. are electric cars somehow magically Dep- lighter than other cars. Depends on... The- they have, like, huge battery packs. Yeah. So, it, that's it's still a tank. Yeah. It's still moving super quick. It's quiet. And most likely, the person driving it feels a little bit environmentally cocky. Yeah. <laughs> so, they've got a swagger in their step, as they should do with that more sustainable choice. But... We at pedestrian crossings. Norway is very good for pedestrian crossings. I must say they are honoured very much here. Um, but the chance stepping out wrongly on a road, or a, if you trip or whatever, you're still in the area of the car. Yeah. And I don't know. It freaks me out a little bit. I I, I am, I'm grateful for the technology. I'm grateful for the ability to move things around. But I would, if possible choose to be in a space where there are less cars um yeah
1: people depend on their cars
0: too much Mm. but what's the challenge to people listening then i mean because we're assuming that people are maybe listening to this in their commute so it could be i mean if you're listening to this in your car i don't know how i feel about that like should you be listening to a podcast in a car yeah for sure really yeah is that a done thing i'd do Is your attention on the road I'll do it is your mental capacity focused
1: it would be the same if you listen to radio or music or absolutely true I can yep, yeah, I'll accept that and they have radios in cars
0: there are radios in cars this is a good point so uh, I mean it's illegal to be on your mobile phone yeah in a car yeah but it is not illegal to put on the pop hits radio top 10 true and uh, groove to the uh, cool sounds of the day and be moved emotionally or mentally by True. that m- material um, i it, think
1: i think if you if you listen to something that gets you in a good mood hmm. you'll be
0: a safer driver that's interesting i don't know that's interesting i mean but how, how much can you control that yeah um is is a question uh, that's how how can one know where the emotion will go? Um, maybe there's an association with a track. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the things we're talking about here, this is ideas, it's associations. So I was kind of assuming that we were thinking of uh, people listening to this on a train or on a bus or, or, or sitting down yeah. uh, in a non-moving space. Um, but it raises the question that a lot of the things that we we're talking about could pop into your head and affect your awareness to the road uh, when you're driving because if
1: you're you're in a bad mood and you're driving you will be more aggressive mm, probably mm. than if you're in a good mood
0: how does this play on to for example the Elon Musk stuff about building electric uh, railroads and shuttle uh, transport and trying to make a goal for basically like electric transit Cars and stuff I mean would we would we be better off with some kind of uh, half dystopian traffic highway of electric pods and just alleviate our human error of being able to drive over the white lines or not is it a better solution maybe Mm -hmm.
1: and he's he's trying to do the um, the self-driving cars Mm -hmm. as well uh, True. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that. my nephew bought like the new um, Tesla Model Three, mm. I don't remember how much or how many cameras is on the car, mm. but it's like all around the car, twenty or thirty cameras on the car, and he can just push like autopilot button, yeah. and it'll drive by itself. How it, do we, how, what, it, it, it senses the uh, the lines yeah. in the road? Um, and the traffic in front of him and behind him, and, and any
0: objects or moving, yeah, any things it, that happen to
1: it reads the sign or the, the speed limits, yeah.
0: so it'll adjust that automatically. People say I've, been, I've I've been a bit of a technophobe, I think, in some respects, but there is a, a, a an element within that that it's almost so technologically advanced you have to. Or, perhaps welcome and see that as a better development for the mobile car unit than what we have had in the last 50 plus years yeah that sounds terrible 70 80 years um
1: we're getting older
0: we're getting older you refer to everything like when you were maybe started to become aware of stuff like 16 17 yeah right so I was thinking I was in the 90s somewhere (laughs) still (laughs) listening to (laughs) corn and um, but I think that's good Um, I respect that topic hugely and I think it's also worth those words of caution to kind of either think about the use or the possibilities yeah um would you like to give us a freshly sliced folk score uh out of ten for your topic of cars?
1: I would probably have to park it at a um
0: seven. Hmm. Seven. That's nice. Yeah. Very seven is my favourite number. Yeah. It is the lucky, magic number, lucky number seven. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's not. It's a lot of responsibility with a car, mm, for sure. And yeah, I, I couldn't give it more than seven.
0: No, and I, I, I might have to, uh, on a, I, I might have to reverse from your seven back yeah. a bit and put it lower, um, just because of those. I, I, if I'm trying to be a better me, that me, really. W- would like to have as little to do with the use of car and i'm, I'm open to options yeah I, it's almost like the carpool thing i'm almost open to the well if on that one day i needed to get to that place and pick up those pieces of timber or something can i hop a ride or borrow a someone borrow else something? someone
1: else going in that area can i can yeah, i join you almost yeah. so maybe yeah.
0: that's a, a good kind of idea to wrap that up on is that it's a means to an end but uh maybe it doesn't uh fully serve our our human uh needs in quite the right way i think norwegian people are too there's a lot of norwegian people with bated breath now waiting for what you're gonna say (laughs) but
1: i think i think norwegian people in general don't like to interact too much with new people it's not mm. in their nature. Mm. They like, like safe, mm. well-known
0: situations. How does that reflect on the car thing? The carpooling. Yeah, I mean, yep.
1: if if someone wants to go get something at IKEA, mm. and there's like a carpool app for, I'm going there. Mm. Uh, someone else going there. Mm. A stranger going there, mm. and then
0: I'm aware of maybe also being a bit utopian here. Yeah. Because maybe if the opportunity did arise, I would actually be also slightly uncomfortable putting my life in the hands of a driver I didn't know. Yeah. And that's a tricky one to mull over.
1: I don't like being a passenger.
0: No. Okay, you give it seven. I'm going to say six as a considered topic worth giving a fook about. Uh, I think it needs good consideration and awareness. Um, but there are clearly other ways which we could uh, uh, move around. Yeah. Um, for sure. Mm. What does that give us as our. Oh, we'll come to the average scores later when we do the summary at the end of the episode. Yeah, let's, let's
1: keep the- these guys on the hook. Ooh. Ooh. For those who can't do with math, <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. Nine?
0: I, nine. I literally don't know. <laughs> Um, What about you, Al? Do you have something
1: you want to give poo
0: about? I really do. There's so much. Uh, And I could pluck things from the top of my head or I could look at my notes. I could look out the window. I think I'm going to, as we are getting this whole giving fook, giving awareness of things, uh, the time and attention it needs, I'm going to go for a big one. And that's going to be I give a pook about reading 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 that's something I don't do as much as I should there you go yeah there you go right off the bat yeah you know reading guilt I want to guilt people into not reading enough
1: yeah you've Uh, guilt me already uh I mean I have I have some books there
0: but they're just props I read they've got vegan biscuits in them
1: yeah (laughs) secret compartments of vegan biscuits
0: (laughs) But you do have some books.
1: Yeah, I read um, I've read two of them.
0: Mm. I mean, the reason I want to kind of point this out is, I mean, I've always read a lot. I've looked like I've read a lot and maybe sometimes sound like I've read some books. I'm quite a bad reader if you're talking about novels, if you're talking about storybooks. Yeah, because I don't like to read sequentially. I don't like. I'm. I find it a struggle to pick up a story book and start at page one and incorporate that into my life. Page
1: page one out of one thousand and sixty seven. Like yeah. Well,
0: this is my this is my sub reference because some books,
1: books, books,
0: I can't get enough enjoyment out of reading in that way. One particular book I will flag up is Moby Dick. It is quite simply a life experience in itself to read that book. Why that chimes with me in a particular way, I'm not entirely sure. It's a... I think uh, Herman Melville, who wrote it, said it is, what is it, it's made from the fabric of things of which birds fly above it is it. It is a, such an odd book that each section of it is so oddly different and it goes off on tangents but if I've tried to read books that are said to be similar to that in their offbeat thing like Ulysses or uh, Proust, I struggle as much as I would if I was trying to read Danielle Steele or uh, a a romance novel. It just doesn't make sense. But Moby Dick, I've read it multiple times. I love it dearly. Uh, And I love the excitement we get from reading. Now, we read for our kids. We might read things online. But there's something about the, the... process of picking up a book whether it's late at night before you go to bed or a time some minutes you've got in between and you have to get past that oh I could do something else yeah you actually have to kind of invest in that no I'm going to open that book and I'm going to read a page and it I think that act and that interruption of the passage of time as we tend to see it in our daily lives knocks open the door into a whole different realm and that is the realm of time being way more elastic it being almost under our own control in a different way and the irony is i mean again i said i've read i love poetry and i love books about perhaps more factually based things in some ways or analytical books. Yeah. But uh, I last year in a very busy period of work and stuff I then started reading again uh, at bedtime. Yeah. Instead of like making myself think oh I'm going to read this book for research purposes. (laughs) I was like right, everything else is done even if it's really late at night I'm going to lay down and pick up this book and I'm just going to read it a little bit. And it helped my sleep patterns so much. Really? Yeah, for sure. I started off with reading two, uh, well, I was reading whilst I was away last year, a wonderful book about elastic thinking. So again, it's not like story books per se. And another wonderful, wonderful book um, about uh, time and how time works Yeah. or does not work. And I'm currently reading a book that it's taken me 10 years to actually be able to read, which is Italo Calvino's book, Cosmicomics. Italo Calvino is uh, an author to give a fog <laughs> about, on full. a phenomenal level, an Italian writer. And I've read others of his books. If on a Winter's Night a Traveller is one top recommended book if you want to read read that it's about reading and about writing books itself it's a novel it's mind-bending and his cosmic comic books is about these characters that exist and existed as the dawn of time happened and it's as it says cosmic comics it's these little episodes but what i get out of reading that as i said i couldn't wrap my head around it for a decade and it's, it's older than that in itself. But I got to a point in my life where I can read it and I actually need to read it. And this brings it back to the importance of reading. Reading is a very important human act. And kids should be shown that. They should see us with books, with real objects. Libraries are temples to this act. They're not just for going and sitting and doing homework. Or uh, sitting at a computer. Or sitting at a computer. Because it's
1: free Wi-Fi there.
0: It's the same as you should do in a record store. If a record store exists anymore and there should be, or a record store or a bookshop or or, uh, any library, walk around, pull stuff off the shelf you've never seen. Yeah. Look at it. And suddenly you're back into this more primal discovery mode of exploring and finding and giving yourself the opportunity to think and see something new and that's what books have between those two pages or between those two front and back, I don't know how to describe that, but in your hand then there is this world of discovery um, and a world of personal time um, which shouldn't be replaced by a net bread, uh mm. iPad, an iPod, yeah, uh, especially not late at night before bed. True, that's for adults and kids. That is for really human bad. beings yeah. in general. Yeah, cats, dogs, if they've learned how to use them, <laughs> squirrels <laughs> who are industrious. Um, it's it's a no no. So I even be be a hipster. Walk around with a book you've never read because someone will see that book. Yeah, and think, oh, that looks like a nice book. Or I've got a book I started and put down. L- like, let's let's uh, say reading's important.
1: Yeah. Hmm. What do you think about audiobooks?
0: books? books, I haven't had much experience with them. I listened to a couple last year when I was painting. Uh, that was good, but it felt like I don't know someone telling me about the book they'd read. Yeah. As opposed to having the joy of mulling over each word and sentence and rereading things, I think that's the other thing. Is like when you're reading a book and you hit on a great sentence, you can you reread that sentence ten times. You repeat you it in your head that. a couple of times. Mm. Yeah. In, oh, savor it. That's a good sentence. That's a good sentence. And then you fall asleep, and then you open it up the next night, and you come and you like, that 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 was sentence. where I f- fell asleep last night because that was such a wonderful. Resonating idea. Yeah. And that I don't think you get with audiobooks in the same way. You still have a little bit of distance. If someone was reading a book to you in person, you would like whenever say, you switch on your audiobook, then suddenly there appears Stephen Fry next to you to <laughs> say, Well, on a winter's night, there was a small man with a cat. <laughs> You'd be way engaged, but that's not the reality. No.
1: Because when I'm at work, I have. When I'm cleaning windows. When I'm cleaning windows. I have seven, eight, nine hours. All playing
0: at the same... Oh, I thought you were saying all, all audiobooks playing at the I same time.
1: simultaneously, like, multiple mm. audiobooks playing. So I'm, like, super <laughs> confused. <laughs> no, I have many hours in the day mm. where I'm not... I'm When I'm cleaning windows, mm. my brain is just... It's on autopilot. mm and I just I know how to do to do it and it's I listen to a lot of audiobooks when mm. I'm at work it would be hard walking around with a book while I'm almost cleaning could you
0: clean the windows in a focused way and then give yourself 10 minutes to read a bit of a book eating your vegan snack
1: that would be not efficient
0: that would be not efficient so it is efficient to get that nourishment from that book that has I'm been listening written
1: listening to like Books that will give me new knowledge mm. at the same time as I'm doing something I would be doing anyway. Yeah, for sure. I but, like that. But I would like to read more. Mm. Should read more. Mm.
0: And I think it comes to like the the old adage, "Knowledge is power." Yeah. And in books, there is knowledge contained. True. So it is waiting for discovery. um And if you can get it out in one form or another, then that's still getting that goodness. Uh, And also, we have to remember that reading takes ideas onwards and shares them with people, so that can be positive and negative. True. And the more we read, the more we equip ourselves with the ability to meet other points of view, should they crop up. True. Uh, And... Referring to a topic we've talked about before, about online hate comments and people being aggressive or bullying with each other. Uh it's only gonna do good things the more articulate one is. Yeah. Uh should those situations crop up.
1: So that's just throwing out nonsense words just mm-hmm. to
0: and also to call out the use of, of words or the importance for the lack of words. Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
1: Okay. So, if you were to uh, put this uh, reading on a score.
0: Hmm. I'm seeing a trend here because uh, it, it's it's an important thing. I'm going to put reading.
1: Where on the bookshelf are you going to put Where
0: it? on the bookshelf of folk? am i going to put it am i going to put it at the top near the dodgy magazines or am i going to put it down by the bottom where the candy is <laughs> i'm going to put it near the top yeah because i think it in essence is a way of learning understanding and communicating it is not the only way but it's at this moment a pretty important one so i'm going to put it up at i'm going to put it at 8.5 ooh is that all right it's you can live with that? I can live with that. Okay. It was
1: essentially the the way we got through our first period of life reading in school mm-hmm. where we learned.
0: Well, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but then we're in school and we're being told to read that precise thing.
1: Yeah, but we learned that thing because we mm-hmm. read it. Mm-hmm. So and I if, think it- if we didn't read it, read it. If read it. If we didn't read it, we wouldn't
0: have learned it. So read more. Yeah. What's your score? You bookworm. You Viking bookworm.
1: Viking bookworm. I will have to place it
0: at seven. Okay. You can live with that. Yeah. Seven's a good one. That's two sevens today. Eight point five.
1: Seven. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well wow. the pendulum of time swings and the focus of Fook shines back on you, my mm-hmm. good man. Yeah. I
1: want to um give a fook about bottled water. Wow. And the um problems that will um occur. Mm. Um we live in a country where we can basically drink water from wherever. But in other countries, they're not as fortunate as us. Mm. And that'll bring a lot of plastic waste, mm. which is unnecessary. Mm. You use... I like, Suppose you drink water.
0: I drink water.
1: Yeah. Do you have a reusable bottle, or do you use plastic bottles
0: uh I have at home we have a soda stream style uh thing, so we fizz tap water yeah um if I'm out, I will go for whatever is available house water, yeah, or try and find somewhere to drink some water at a If if it's in a restaurant, then you can maybe get a bottle of water from a tap. Yeah. So Uh, you
1: you tend to stay away from plastic.
0: Yeah. And um, yesterday at a conference, I took with me from home a bottle, uh, a reusable bottle for water. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure whether there would be access to water or how long it would be. It's an interesting one you say about people not being so fortunate. We assume wherever we go, there will be hundreds of thousands of litres of bottled water for our enjoyment. But it's kind of wise to think, well, if I'm going out for eight hours, I need some water at some point, so I should have some water with me. Um, Instead of buying that bottle of water, that's also spending money unnecessarily. You don't really need to spend that. What is here for a bottle of water is the equivalent of like, it would be anywhere from, I don't know, 25 to 45 kroner.
1: Yeah, which is like two to like five dollars, Yeah, US dollars.
0: And what, I mean... You, c- d- you can d- get a bottle of
1: water in like America for like 50 cent.
0: Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one because then here it carries more value or yeah. it costs more. But uh, you can
1: drink, you can go to a public restroom and just drink, drink the, the water, water out of the
0: tap. And that would, I think, maybe ha- raise some people's hackles a little bit to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go drink some public public toilet water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the point being, a lot of work has gone into the infrastructure to make that water okay yeah. for anything and e- everyone. And yet we're sort of buying into the, the commodification of water, which sounds so bonkers. Um, there's also, I got given a collapsible cup, um, which is a cup you can take with you, reusable, a reusable, hmm. uh, which kind of breaks down in three sections. I think it's made by uh, Recover Recover, a local um company by some young people, yeah. and they contribute some of their money in profit to. Uh, like a Norwegian uh, cleaning uh, initiative Hmm. uh, for recycling and uh, they've made like a lot of places reusable cups yeah that's cool so what if you just have your cup in your backpack so or you have your bottle yeah then you got both bases covered Um, but do you
1: think like like in Norway though hmm. do you think selling bottled water in, in the um, the quantity mm. that it is now, you think is a waste.
0: I, th- I think it's a waste. I think it's unnecessary.
1: An- unnecessary, more. Yeah, a waste. I do probably.
0: I do. Yeah. Plus, where's that water come from? A lot of that water isn't remotely local. It's a strange.
1: It's just taken from like a yeah. random lake.
0: I, I, yeah, and I. But I, I. If you think about it. This leads on to the kind of food awareness or drink awareness or anything. Maybe 80% of what is just standing on shelves in stores and stuff is not hugely vital. No. It's just there for when you would like. Well, how lucky I am for when I would like of the one day of the year, I don't know, uh, apricot-flavoured popcorn. Oh, look, there's apricot-flavoured popcorn. (laughs) At twenty shops in the region. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I, I, I this actually leads me a little bit towards a topic that maybe I can talk about another time. But it's just the idea of restraint. Just because you've had something nice once doesn't mean you don't have, you deserve to have it again or you should have it again. True. It, it, and I think that's where this water thing fits into. You can drink some water before you go. From home, you can have some water in your backpack and you can try and find some water wherever you are. Yeah. And you can just bypass the whole thing.
1: Yeah, bring a a bottle from Mm -hmm. home and then you can... And if
0: you can do that, can you apply that same philosophy to other things? True. I would like to give a shout out to the restaurant group I work with, Ustuset, because in all of their stores and in the one we just did, we've cut out bottled water almost entirely. And we got a tap fitted that just filters the water coming into the building. Really? So we just fill up um, glass bottles and put that on the table and then bring the bottles in and wash the bottles and refill them. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. is none. We just serve the filtered house water the whole time. That's good. And if people want fizzy, we have like a... A lot of places have this. It's, uh, It's a carbonate, so it just makes it sparkling. Yeah. And then that cuts out the other big product that comes into the country, which I have to flag up, which is... San Pellegrino, which has a great kind of cultural wallop to it. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about bottled water then yeah. we can't not talk about San Pellegrino because San Pellegrino is a Nestle product and uh, it's Italian styled and it's of good quality it is perceived to be a very good table water yeah, um, but it's essentially a sparkling water and uh, often comes as a as a necessary contractual item from uh, importers that they will import the certain goods that you want to bring in, whether it's certain drinks or certain other things. Uh, But because the distribution link, like in Europe or internationally, is part of the same one as Nestle, that then they will encourage you to also stock that, Hmm. uh, which... That leads into the Nestle thing, that leads into the privatisation of water supplies in parts of the world that don't have it. Yeah, right. uh, Which is, we're talking about this from a perspective of luxury, but as you said, there's places where water is harvested out of the environment. Um, There's been the big case in the States where I can't think of the name of the place, but the Native American population... Uh, who've struggled hugely with their water supplies being threatened uh, and it's I mean in a lot of other locations is that necessary yeah, right is that necessary this goes back to the e-waste thing we were talking about as well yeah like if the ecosystem in that one 10 kilometer square of land is not balanced then we're doing something kind of a bit wrong um, and if the water is okay where you are then have the water where you are and ideally it shouldn't be shipped off to someone else it should be for the people where they are yeah right um all right final thoughts on water how are you gonna sum that up the bottled yeah. water mm. Mm, i think it's unnecessary
1: mm. um meaning where you can get water which is safe to drink. Mm. The bottled water is unnecessary. Mm. But it should be available for people that don't are as fortunate as we are.
0: Mm. Does this mean that then on the Fuchs score that we rate this low?
1: This is going to be rather low. Yeah, because we should should
0: actually be not giving this the... The Fuchs that
1: it's kind of been given now Hmm. so i think i'm gonna empty out this bottle of water nice and put it at full score of two Hmm.
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you on two yeah because there are some situations where bottled water for example for aid in this ridiculous world situation we've created that people will need water
1: they, of course, they all need uh, water.
0: And that in that way, it gives purpose. In some situations, if you're out in a privileged life and you're traveling and you've been inducted into an airport system and you've had to throw away all your liquids because you might be a terrorist and your child needs some water, then you might need some water. Yeah. Um, there will be exceptions.
1: But as a big industry, mm. it's no. no, it's
0: so big water industry bottling. We do not give a fuck about you, nope. So that gives our average score of two,
1: yeah, yeah, which we also will be talking about in the summary.
0: <laughs> I forgot about the summary, I got so wrapped up in it. You can always edit, edit that, edit. Uh, edit my mistake away, yeah right so if we were to move on from the bottled water where would you take us if we were to move on um mm, 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 mm. okay I think we've got the temptation to kind of go with some kind of airy fairy topics or some things that are kind of hard to nail down um And I think that's good because it encourages our ability to identify with things and talk about things and see what you think about them and see what I think about them. Um, I think it's also worth pointing to perhaps some specific things or people uh, that are worth giving a fook about. Okay. Um, And I don't know quite how this is going to work because we're still in our early days, but we're going to figure this out. Because it's not like I'm going to have to convince you, but it's almost like I'm going to raise this person's work and then explain why and see maybe how you feel about that.
1: We give fuchs about different things, though. Exactly. So your fuchs would be given differently than my fuchs.
0: Mm, But maybe I have to. Then it's my job to kind of lay the groundwork for why. You, uh, can,
1: you can raise awareness for Fooks <laughs> to be fuk fuk given from me as well. Yeah, raising Fook awareness. Fook awareness.
0: <laughs> is that one word or two? Fook awareness.
1: Fook awareness. Fook awareness. I think it's two words. Hmm. Fook awareness. It is two yeah. words. Yeah. There is
0: Fook and there is awareness. Yeah. And they are two separate things. For sure. <laughs> but we are fusing them. True. Hmm. Fook fusion. Fook
1: fusion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, I'm. I, it's one I noted down and I have to say the work of this person is very important worth giving a fuk about it's one of those people that if you don't know their work and you start to have a look you go ah huh. Huh. Oh. and that man's name is Stuart Lee Now, Stuart Lee is an English comedian and journalist hmm. and he started off, the first time I was aware of him was, I used to go to school with this guy called Matt, and he was older than me, and he was into like ska punk, and wore check shirts and had like short spiky hair and earrings, and <clears throat> he was super cool, played in a group, really nice guy, and we actually worked together on a, like an evening and weekends job uh, in the kitchens up at the private school, where, which is in the same town. And it was like 5% work, 95% <laughs> like fun. Um, we had a job to do, but we also like, like we are today. There was just oh, like anybody out there, you know, when you just have a good chemistry with someone and you just want to talk and you're excited about what they're excited in and vice versa. So anyway, Matt was super passionate about sort of cultural stuff and there was a program on TV called Fist of Fun, which was a brainchild of Stuart Lee and another stand-up comedian called Richard Herring.
1: Are they both both stand up comedians or Yeah. Okay. But
0: in that point they made this like T V show which was very irreverent and slightly off the walls. And Matt, who I went to school with, managed to be a guest on Fist of Fun. There's a part of me that thinks I've imagined all this, but I'm going to have to roll with it. If Matt is out there, I think he's out there somewhere. He can correct me. I haven't spoken to him in like 20 years. Uh, But he got on Fist of Fun and he kind of flagged me up to these two comedians. Now, Stuart Lee and Richard Herring worked on this project together. They worked on other projects together and then they went their separate ways and they are both still now touring stand-up comedians of great note. The reason I'm talking about Stuart Lee particularly is because much like someone like Amando Iannucci, who is another great writer and uh, writer of comedy for television, who did programs like Brass Eye and The Day-to-Day and The Thick of It, uh, which is sort of very political satire, um, Stuart Lee decided to make it his life's work to unpack the idea of what is funny and he created this program called Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle where he would essentially record a live show where he would beat a joke to death in front of a live audience and tell them why not only why the joke worked but also why the joke didn't work and why the audience was perhaps misguided when they laughed at something because they perhaps laughing at the mechanism the comic was using to make them laugh and he almost used this opportunity to plant the seed of If you're going along with a program, if you're going along with something and not questioning it, you're almost doing it a disservice and he has continued to do this in written journalism as well for The Guardian uh, and in um, his comedy vehicle both on tour and on TV or YouTube, you can find clips. And... I think what I can say he stands for is the work of great comics, much like perhaps Bill Hicks Mm -hmm. or Lenny Bruce. Um, In more recent times, maybe some of you guys out there will have other reference points. But people who stand as truth sayers, regardless of the consequence, they are not standing in front of audiences and saying what they know will make them laugh they're trying to share the mechanisms of how we find humour and how we find light and dark in our daily lives
1: like George Carlin maybe yes
0: that would fit in I think with that I mean he's he's almost he makes Stuart Lee look pretty uh, crunchy because George Carlin is so oh, from what I've seen of him he has such a great smooth delivery yeah Um, whereas Stuart Lee is almost, he's berating himself. He is, he's created a character on stage, which will, um, entertain in spite of that character's failings, which is quite a remarkable length to have gone and chosen to have gone for the sake of what can be called comedy. Um, and it's one of those things, it goes back to then what we maybe look at online or what we look at in sitcoms and humor and stuff and makes you think, uh, like with the bottled water, do I really need this? Yeah, right. There's another great stand up comedian guy who also did theater, theater stuff called Daniel Kitson. I had like an epiphany when I saw his stuff. You just, it, it feels like the world opens up, like you, you're understanding. W- what a a live environment can be like for the first time but as Daniel Kitson once said when you're handed a free newspaper on the train on your commute it doesn't mean you should read and believe what's in that free newspaper true because it could be absolute rubbish misleading it could have an alternative agenda but you'll sit And you'll breeze through because I'm in my comfortable situation, and I've got the time to breeze through this free newspaper. And those ideas are going to sink in.
1: And then you just take it for what it is, yeah. Kind of.
0: And if you're not like taking it apart, if you don't enable your critical faculties with the things around you, uh, you're going to be worse off. Um, I mean, and coming back to Stuart Lee, therein can be found. Humor and pathos and reward, uh, but it will also make the the journey of finding things that you find truly rewarding and funny and enlightening all the more satisfying when you when you get to it. Yeah. So I'm going to say Stuart Lee is worth giving a hook about. I would say go and find any of his material online.
1: We can probably put some some of his work or
0: we can at least link to some of it it's uh, probably on YouTube right yeah, yeah we'll put there's some lots of, of it. clips there and then the, he tours and stuff so I mean wherever you are whatever you're doing I would say give a fuck about Stuart Lee uh, and Richard Herring for that matter and uh, hard working cerebral stand up comedians
1: we'll put links to that in the show notes mm.
0: and I'm going to give I'm going to say give a fuck about Stuart Lee he's one of a handful of great uh truthsayers, and let's put him at eight Fooks eight fooks? is that a bit generous? No, I, I think it's important, yeah, what he stands for, and that will be clear once our audience members scuttle away and or just at the same time as listening on the podcast bring up a <laughs> bring up a uh, search page and have a little rummage.
1: I haven't heard about him at all, um, but I'm going to look him up. So, thank you for bringing this Fook my attention.
0: You are most welcome, sir.
1: So, for now, I'll have to put him at like a neutral Fook at
0: around five. Fine by me. Entering the spreadsheet.
1: What did you say? 8.8. Oh, no, no, I said eight. You said eight.
0: I said hey, maybe that's generous but hell who cares yeah, hell. I'm a positive guy
1: <laughs> yeah you're a positive guy so and so to sum this up mm, we talked about cars today we did which I parked you at parked the se- at the 7 mm-hmm. you reversed a little bit I did and parked it at 6
0: I did conscientiously checking my mirrors first
1: that's good and it landed at a 6.5. Mm, okay. You brought up a reading. Mm. And I placed it at a 7. Mm. I need to do some more reading. I will for sure. You put it at an 8.5, which means it's going to be a 7.75. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Which is not
0: bad. I like those odds.
1: Yeah. Uh, we talked about bottled water. Hmm. We both gave it a 2. Yeah. Because it's
0: just... I want to say we threw it in the trash, but we didn't even buy it in the first place. True. We left that on the shelf and pointed at it. Yeah. Saying, mm mm
1: uh, uh, uh. Not up in uh, here.
0: Uh, uh. You
1: mentioned Stuart Lee, which I gave 5 and you 8. So,
0: the average there is 6.5. Fine. And what does that mean? Our top of the episode is... The top Fooks
1: given today was reading yes. at 7.75. That feels good Yeah, in this modern age. It's, it's important to read and get informed, mm. for
0: sure. That also means that we come to the part of the show where we can touch on our valued item because we would not be the men we are today without those little things here and there. That is correct. A little inspiring something, a little tasty something, a little help on the road, uh, whether you're walking or driving. Or Uh, using your bike. Or or, or sat down, just watching life go by. Yeah. So what's your valued item?
1: A little while back ago, I bought a reusable glass bottle. Excellent. Speaking of bottled water. Mm. And... I take it with me pretty much wherever I go. Mm. Um, I use it when I'm at a friend's house, or I use it at work. I use it. I use this rather than using like a regular glass at home. Mm. Oh, cool! So I use it all the time. Really? So I would recommend getting a reusable bottle.
0: Mm. I really like that and it it's, it becomes an item of personal value yeah um, it has worth to you beyond its value monetary Yeah, um, I will counter that by saying that my I just had a little think here on the spot about what my valued item is this week uh, and I'm going to bring out this thing that I have in my pocket all the time And it is a little piece of stone, a a crystal. Uh, Now, easy out there. I'm not what you might consider (laughs) to be a crystal-carrying gentleman.
1: Are you a crazy person? I'm not a crazy person.
0: And all the people in the crystal community heard that through their crystals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This has a personal value. It doesn't have a monetary value. Um, I It, it has a, a, a symbolic value. I've given it value, but it has given me something. Uh, this might have to be a topic we come back to. <laughs> I, I sense that. <laughs> but uh, I got this when I was on a work trip in Bergen. And I went walking with a colleague of mine. And we ended up at this little shop, which has lots of rocks and crystals and all sorts of strange things. And it had a lot of quite touristy stuff, which, I mean, one way or another, but the stones themselves are very interesting, but not for me when they're in shapes of turtles or polished on a massive, great big wooden base for your coffee table. Yeah. And there was lots of boxes on the floor, and there was offcuts and pieces of stone, and then there was this little cylindrical piece of what is Norway's national stone, which is this rose-coloured quartz And it's, yeah, cylindrical because it's been drilled out of a big chunk for some other reason and then it's broken off and it has a little niche in it. And I just saw it I was like, this... Oh, look at that. That's my rock. I need need that. Not in a possessive sense, like, I want that, but this would mark for me where I am right now Mm -hmm. in my journey, but also where I am right now in this place. And I rummaged it out of the box and... I said to the guy, slightly chuckling, slightly embarrassed, like, how much would you like for this? And he said, oh, you can't buy that. I said, oh, okay. And I was like, I've I've offended this guy with my slightly weird behavior in a crystal (laughs) shop. That's hard. Just imagine. (laughs) (laughs) The ratio is high there. And and he said, no, you can't buy it. You can have it.
1: Ooh, that's nice of him.
0: Because that's what it is. So... I put it in the little... when you ever wonder what that little pocket in your jeans is for on the right-hand side? It's for rocks. It's for rocks. It's for my rock. And I have had it in every pair of trousers or jeans or whatever I've worn since then. And that was October last year. Hmm. And it's like a little talisman. And I care about it a lot. And it uh, it's good. So that's my little valuable item.
1: So for all of those listening, get a rock put it in the rock pocket
0: rock pocket
1: rock pocket
0: (laughs) Um, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about rocks another day yeah Um, what rock do you have in your pocket what bottle do you love most what song do you keep singing in your head or what film do you think we should be watching and rating anything out there that you give a (laughs) fuck about please share it with us Whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, then we'd love to kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, And for this episode, from me, I wish you all well. Take care and best wishes.
1: And before we round up this episode, I want to tell people out there where they can follow us and um, see what we're up to Mm -hmm. uh, on the socials. On the socials. Uh, I we're, was way premature with wrapping up. So yeah. I, I forgot all the important <laughs> stuff. You're, you're done now. Yeah, I'm done. I'm just going <laughs> to relax and look at my rock. Uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram mm. at TwoFooks. Two Fooks. Two Fooks. TwoFooks.
0: TwoFooks. T W O F O O K S.
1: That's right. And on Facebook, we're TwoFooks. Uh, that's
0: three O's. T W O F O K S. O-O-K-S That is
1: correct And if you want to send us something You can send us an email at Info at twofooks.com.
0: That's quite self-explanatory
1: Yeah um, I want to thank you For a great chat Thank you And Pleasure's thank you mine. Out there for listening to us And that's it Have a good day <laughs>